My name is Gary Greenberg, and the book is called The Beer Diet, How to Drink Beer and Not Gain Weight. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, this is going to sound weird. And some of you guys looked at the thumbnail and said, let me click on that because I've never heard that. But I have the author of The Beer Diet, How to Drink Beer and Not Gain Weight by Gary Greenberg. And he's just my neighbor down the street in Boca. And so he's going to tell us how he stays not just healthy, but active while he travels the world and does what he wants to do. Gary, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Great. Nice to be here. Thank you for coming on. And, and, and please, for those who have, you know, maybe already a beer gut, how can they, once they get in shape, you know, New Year's resolutions and all that good stuff, um, how can they drink beer and not gain weight, stay healthy and active like you do? Well, I, th- I think what you said, stay healthy and active is, is the key. Um, obviously, there's a lot to it. I wrote a whole book about it. But I think, you know, the very first thing I tell people that they need to do is to take responsibility for their own health. Because a lot of people, they're used to going to see a doctor and the doctor says, oh, you have diabetes, here's a drug for it. Or you have high blood pressure, here's the drug for it. And uh, if you want to do that and take drugs all your life, then, then that's fine. A lot of people do it. In fact, most Americans probably do that. But if you want to really optimize your health, whether you drink beer or not, uh, the first thing to do is to take responsibility for your health. If you have a condition, you learn about it. Uh, There's plenty of resources now, and there's plenty of doctors available who don't just prescribe drugs. So you learn about it. You learn what you can do to try to uh, make the problem go away naturally, either through mostly through change of diet uh, and a little bit of lifestyle changes. And uh, most, most of the problems that people suffer from, diabetes, type 2 diabetes is a 100% lifestyle uh, issue. If you change your lifestyle, the diabetes will go away. Um, so it's basically learning about your own body because we're all different and what works for one person isn't going to work for everybody. But the first thing is that mindset switch that the doctor isn't responsible for your health, that you are. Definitely. And, and what about, you know, do you, I'm sure the book, I know it's full of satire and, you know, you, you're making it light and enjoyable to read. It's not like you better not ever do this, but do you also give recommendations on how much beer maybe, you know, just you drink because some folks who have the whole like, you know, keg or the whole 24 pack every night, they're going to say, Hey, Gary said I wouldn't gain weight and I'm gaining weight. <laughs> Well, the book opens with a quote uh, from Oscar Wilde, who is a a, a British playwright, very, um, actually Irish, I believe, uh, and very witty. And the quote is, uh, moderation in everything, including moderation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, the key to it is you can't just, you know, eat and drink all you want and not gain weight or have other health problems. So, you know, part of that is, is moderation. I discussed that in my book, the, uh, Doctors and researchers all recommend uh, for men uh, that uh, no more than two alcoholic beverages a day. Uh, anything beyond that will harm you. Oddly enough, two will actually improve health, uh, up to two. Uh, and for women, it's only one. 
And uh, the reason for that is, is has nothing to do with anything other than the alcohol in it, because alcohol is poison and alcohol uh, is not good for your body, although it is fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> we- so, yeah, go ahead. And when you say improve health, is that your inner? Is that your mental health? Um, is it doing something? You know, so a lot of folks say a, a glass of wine will help you. And I say, well, yeah, if you're stressed out and, you know, any type of release will help you. Sex will help you as well. So how do you mean by improving health? Well, I think, I think you know, as far as uh, the alcohol goes, I, I think they, they don't know exactly why they do these, you know, large studies uh, with, you know, with, you know, covering a great population of people and they look at, you know, who drinks how much and how long they live and other health risks, uh, other health factors. And um, so when they do these studies, they don't really zone in on exactly why uh, the alcohol is, you know, improving longevity or whatever. Uh, they just say that it, it, that it is, but uh, most likely the reason is what you mentioned, stress. Stress is a real killer and we all live in a 24 seven world and, it, and it's just uh, very stressful. You got kids, you know how demanding it is to get them to the soccer practices and the doctor appointments. And then, you know, even trying to find a few moments for yourself sometimes can be hard. Uh, so alcohol relieves stress. And I think that uh, to some degree, uh, and, and I think that's probably where the health benefits come from it. Uh, conversely though, alcohol is very damaging to most of your uh, systems, particularly your liver and some other things. Now you are, you know, a graduate of Penn State, um, journalism background, and that you have traveled around the world. So I want to know how much of your travels and how much, you know, research went into this because you did try to make it, you know, as lighthearted as, as possible and mix in, you know, all of your experience in research. So did you go to like, you know, 50 countries and get their studies on what beer has done for, you know, this country and this region or tell us about, you know, just the research. Well, actually I, I did most of my traveling when I was younger. Uh, I haven't really traveled that much in, in recent years overseas. Anyway, I've traveled a lot, you know, nationally, but uh, my, my uh, knowledge comes from the past, like, five years of doing almost nothing but natural health stories uh, as far as my journalism goes. Uh, I was laid off a, a job working for the, the tabloids, the National Enquirer, the Globe, and, and all those supermarket tabloids that you read in, in 2015. And the first gig I got as a freelancer was as uh, doing some, some natural health stories. And I like that. I'm interested in it. So I just kind of kept with it. So over the past three years, I've written in excess of 300, you know, published stories about all different types of natural, alternative, holistic health uh, practices and things. And, and that's where most of that knowledge comes from. Uh, when I sat down to write the book, I really didn't have to do much research. Most of it came right from my head. Okay. And it is a fun, you know, read. And when you said tabloids, that brought me back. I'm like, uh, I, I would have, uh, as a writing background, that's one thing that I would have wanted to do, never got to do. <laughs> right for the, now, I guess the tabloids would just be regular news, um, you know, but because it's all, you know, what can we sensationalize? With, with the book, have you been able during this pandemic been able to like do any book signings, any type of events or anything to push it? 
Yeah, as a matter of fact, I did my, my first book signing last night at Due South Brewery. It's in Boynton Beach. And uh, the branding manager, uh, the marketing uh, brand marketing guy, uh, his name is Doug uh, Farrell. Uh, I actually knew him because I worked with his father at the National Enquirer. His father, Ray, was the photo editor there for many years. And Doug did some freelance work. So I would see him bopping in and out of the office on occasion. And his dad told me that Doug wrote a beer column for uh, some local publication. So we talked about that, uh, you know, while, we, while I was working there. And then when I found out he was the brand manager of Due South, uh, it was an easy end to, to make that my first book signing. So we did that last night. Awesome. Awesome. Now, with your travels, even if you were younger, you know, writers, we're going to write, we're going to take notes. You may go back and reflect when you want to cringe or when you want to smile. What was what was your thoughts um, when you would go around the world and see how people really gather around a beer, no matter where you're at? You know, there's usually going to be good vibes, maybe until later in the night. And you got that one or two people who, you know, they had too many. We should have cut them off, but we're having a good time. Um, What have you seen like beer? therapy is what yeah well you know it's funny when I, I traveled mostly on my own I, I basically had been living in California as a sports reporter uh, my girlfriend who I was in love with dumped me my dog who I was crazy about got cancer and died uh, one of my roommates uh, out of the floor started uh, dealing cocaine and I just said and then my boss started uh, giving me problems about my column which was very uh, uh, irreverent you might say uh, and wanted to cut that from the paper. And I just said, you know, I've had enough. I and mean, what would I really want to do? And my thought was, I want to travel. So I basically sold what I didn't have. Uh, they couldn't fit into a backpack and, and took off for Europe. Uh, so traveling on your own and you get to a new town, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? I mean, they had youth hostels that were, they were good meeting places, but you know, the local, the local tavern or, or watering hole was the place where you really can go to meet people. And you bond over, over you know, your beers and your interest in beer. Back then, the, the craft beer industry hadn't even started. This was in the early 80s. So, uh, but, you know, for me as an American coming over and experiencing these uh, bitter beers in England that they, they draw out of the tap, you know, it's not under pressure. They actually draw them up from the cellar. Uh, and then, you know, go to Germany, which is, you know, basically where beer all started. And every little town had their own brewery and they made their own beers every little town you know along the way and that's where I really had fun you know not going to the big cities seeing the you know all the big sites that you're supposed to see when you travel it was basically you know hitching a ride people would ask me you know where are you going I'd say I don't know I don't care where's good and at the <laughs> time they say oh you got to come to my town I live in a really nice little place and they take me to the you know to their their club or their bar or whatever. And, and uh, I thought, man, this is really great that there's all these little beers that no, I never heard of. Nobody's ever heard of probably outside the town. Nowadays, you got that in the US because you got all these microbreweries. So it's, it's really been wonderful. But, but uh, yeah, I think, I think you know, anytime you get people with a common interest in anything, whether it's beer, sports, uh, cars, you, know, you name it, uh, you bond pretty easily. Now, when you did all this traveling and then coming back, because a lot of folks have a fear of leaving the States. Uh, I know years ago I saw a stat that said, you know, 70 percent of Americans don't have a passport. 
And I was like, that that's crazy. And, and, and lets us know, you know, we need to do more. But when you I think folks fear of if I do have to come back, how do I bounce back? How do I get everything back? How, you know, and you've had many of jobs, very interesting jobs. If you guys go check out, you know, his, his book on Amazon, you can see, you know, he's had very interesting jobs. So how do you bounce back or do you come back from Europe with more money than you left with because you know maybe you married the the duchess of whatever <laughs> <laughs> well i never found the duchess uh, i actually came back i didn't have much money at all i crashed with my parents uh in fort lauderdale they had a pretty nice apartment and i wanted to write a book about my travels uh, it was basically a, a fictionalized version and uh it's really one of my favorite books, but I, it never got published and I, I kept rewriting it and rewriting it and rewriting it. And, you know, it just got rewritten too much. So at some point I'm, I need to sit down and actually rewrite that now that I got, you know, 20 or 30 years between it. Uh, and that's where I really learned about writing was by writing that book and rewriting it and, and learning along the way. Uh, so for me, it was a pretty soft landing. I could, I could stay with my parents for a while. Um, eventually was offered a teaching assistantship at Florida International University, where I got my uh, master's in creative writing. Uh, and I, be, I actually taught some freshman comp courses at that point. So uh, that's kind of was my re-entry. It was pretty easy. I had you know, a support system kind of built in uh, and I could kind of ease back into the workforce. Okay. And I say that because sometimes it's easy to leave and you can always find a friendly uh, person in, in countries, especially as an American. It's just, oh, the American is here. And, you know, you could be <laughs> you'd be given a spot, given a room, um, you know. So I, I just wanted to know to ease people's pain of leaving because uh, we really preach and, and teach that people need to go check out the rest of the world. The world is bigger than your city, your neighborhood, your state, you know, this country. Um, some people get nervous uh, living in Seattle. They're like, no, I've never been to Canada. I don't know how they treat me. And I'm like, huh? So yeah. fo folks like that need to hear your story and, you know, hear all the uh, exciting things that you have done. And with, you know, everything that you have done, what is a community give back that you are doing now or that you may do in the future? Um, well, I, I, I try to help out where I can. Uh, you know, my wife's got a, a family that's very needy. So a lot of our charity goes to them. <clears throat> she grew up in Panama and was raised in New Orleans, but she's still got a lot of relatives in Panama who are impoverished. <clears throat> so we help them out a lot as far as financially. Uh, we've helped uh, with, um, you know, feeding the homeless. Uh, we worked at the Miami Rescue Mission when we lived down there. My wife uh, and I run food drives for Boca Helping Hands. Uh, in fact, uh, part of the proceeds from my book go to Boca Helping Hands, which is the local food bank here. People think of Boca Raton as a very affluent community, but uh, there's a lot of people that are hurting here, just like everywhere else. So, uh, you know, we try to help there. And I think, I think, you know, a lot of it has to do with <clears throat> having a very good, positive attitude that you share with everybody whether it's some at work or whether I go to the grocery store or whatever, I try to, I try to spread warmth and positive feelings and energy. 
because I think that's lacking a lot. You know, if I go to a toll booth, I say hi to the, the, the collector, you know, or actually they don't really have many these days, but whether it's a cashier at the market, it's a busboy at the restaurant, whoever it is, uh, I like to I like to pay a little attention to them and, and, and treat them like human beings rather than servants, like a lot of people tend to do. I think we're all pretty much equal on equal ground uh, as far as that goes. And I like to just by my actions and, and by raising a, a child with with the, uh, good moral fibers and 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 uh, just being the best person I can has a lot of impact on a lot of different people. Yeah, definitely it does. And yeah, folks really, uh, you know, before coming here to Florida and just being a snowbird and you mentioned Boca, it's like you mentioned Beverly Hills and um, or Hollywood. And we know Hollywood is not the Hollywood you see on TV. It's a dump and Boca is nice. But yeah, the, you know, people don't get it can be um, it can be, you know, What's on TV is not always said. Folks, say, get your mailbox in Boca. Don't say it's, you know, <laughs> Boca or Palm Beach Gardens. And it's like, okay. It's not like I said it was Mar-a-Lago or Ocean Drive, you know. Um, but that that's, I, I love that. I love that. Dealing with um, people and family in Panama, uh, will this book be translated in Spanish? And, you know, will they, they get a copy? Well, uh, that would be great someday. Uh, I would have to find a, a good translator because I use a lot of uh, inside jokes, kind of American uh, humor and language and idioms and plays on words. So it would take a pretty talented translator to be able to translate it. Um, but yeah, I would love to have my book translated. I'd like to have it translated into German because Germany has the, the highest <clears throat> uh, per capita consumption of beer in the world and has for since pretty much since they, you know, as far as a modern beer, pretty much invented it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, you'd really have to get creative with the jokes there because <laughs> the American humor and the German humor is not, it's not the same. But I, one thing I say about Germany, and I spent most of my time in Cologne, is um, it's kind of like America. You need to know a little bit of German, you know, outside of the big cities. Um, so I've, I've found people to take offense if you don't. And I try to know a little bit of every place I go to. But I and I say that, hey, your wife, perfect translator. Sure, that sounds like great date nights during COVID time. Um, I, I guess she, she's not open for the task of translating the book, you know, which would take hours and days to do. Well, my wife is, is a wonderful person. She's incredible uh, uh, energy, uh, very positive, the kind of person who, lights up a room when she walks in it. She loves to, you know, throw parties. She, she's the kind of person <clears throat> that you meet her and she, she hugs you and you feel her warmth. I mean, she just got this wonderful personality, but she, she doesn't have the skills to do that. Uh, she's not uh, as, as good of a writer or, or uh, and, and we often uh, have arguments because I'm trying to clarify what she's trying to tell me and, and, she's thinking that I'm, I'm mocking her or, or disagreeing with her. And it's funny, we'll be sitting there and we'll be arguing and I'm saying, we're saying, you know, we're really saying the same thing. Uh, so our communications aren't quite lined up for, for that. Uh, but she's very funny. She's kind of like living with uh, Ricky and Lucy from I Love Lucy. <laughs> yeah. She's like both of them combined. <laughs> and a very funny character, very funny character, but not, not a translator. Well, 
that might be your next book. Um, we're saying the same thing, arguments, but we're saying the same thing. Cause I think everyone who is married, especially, you know, I've been married 13 years, but I've known my wife almost 20. And it's like, we are saying the same thing. And so that's the next book. I'd love to read it so I can laugh and say, I'm not the only one. Cause people, <laughs> you, you know, with your wife being such a, um, a lovely person, you know, people would say, oh, that good guy, Gary, he's so lucky. He doesn't have to argue with ever. And it's like, no, two people are going to have disagreements. So I could definitely see that. How beer can solve any arguments? I don't know if uh, your wife drinks beer, but. <laughs> it's funny about my wife. You know, my wife, <clears throat> she used to uh, not really like beer that much, but she would like it on a hot day. The beer had to be about 34 degrees, you know, had to be ice cold and one of those, you know, kind of uh, light yellow colored beers with almost no flavor. Uh, and anything that was craft oriented that had, it was a little bit thicker and darker and, and stronger, she would literally uh, wrinkle her nose at when she tasted it. Uh, and I decided that I needed to, I'm, I'm a home brewer as well. And I kind of like, you know, the hoppier, more bitter beers. And uh, I decided to go on a, a quest to make a beer that we both would like. And I found a certain type of hop that was uh, kind of a mid-range because the hops give the beer the bitterness. So I found a, a hop called Calypso Hop. Coincidentally, the name of her soccer team when she played soccer in New Orleans was Calypso. So I got the Calypso hop and I used that one for the bittering and it was it was a perfect blend for the two of us and she started liking uh, uh, her palate adjusted to the to the to the new you know taste that she was experiencing and uh, I knew that that she was converted when one day I gave her one of my home brews and it was out in the garden and she got distracted by a tomato plant that was in distress put the beer down and like 15 minutes later in the Florida heat came back to the beer and said, Oh, it's warm. And I said, I don't care. You're going to finish it because it's a homebrew and you're not going to waste one of my homebrews. And she took a sip and she was like shocked. She goes, Oh my God, this actually tastes better because really good beer has flavors that come out, not when it's ice cold, but when it's a little, you know, it, it might be chilled, but uh, you know, you can drink even, warm beer and it's not bad it, the flavors come out so uh she's converted now and uh, last night she actually drank this very uh heavy stout beer that she loved uh it's called trench uh I'm trying to remember it's a it's two names something trench uh that do south makes and it's a very very good beer and uh that's what she ordered Wow. And I would assume my wife being from Cameroon, West Africa, that Panama and um, how Cameroon, the you know, beer is you can go to your local, you know, that's your place to be. Um, Cameroonians tell me we'll never have problems as long as we can have our beer. But my wife has <laughs> never she's never tried beer. Um, she's like, I can smell it and no, I won't like it. And, you know, and it's fine. I'm not here to force you to do anything because more for me and cheaper, <laughs> ch cheaper bill when we were in college. <laughs> hey, you don't want, you know, it's all right. But, um, you know, is, is the culture of beer in Panama similar to, you know, what you saw in Europe, what you could see in, you know, the Caribbean and everywhere else? 
Um, not really. I mean, I, I, I think since I've last been there, the, the craft beer industry uh, has kind of gone more global to a lot of places where beer wasn't that uh, popular. Like you go on in the islands now, some of these, uh, you know, Caribbean islands have, um, you know, little microbreweries and stuff are beginning to pop up. But uh, uh, most of the beer in Panama, um, from my experience, Balboa, and I'm trying to think of some of the other brands, is more lagers like what you get in the States. Uh, but I think there's, there's probably some uh, microbreweries popping up there. Uh, we were just looking at a property in Panama. We'd like to uh, get, get something down there. And um, it's a little hostile, like a youth hostel. And uh, my wife was trying to entice me to, to, to uh, go, go in on the deal. And she says, well, you can do your own little microbrewery there. So, so I think that that could be in the future at some point. Uh, right now, we can't travel there because of COVID. So we're not doing anything at this point, but uh, maybe someday. Yeah, right now you can get your, you know, the planning together. That's what COVID, I, I think, is time to plan, put your bit cash or, you know, whatever um, crypto you want to use that's not regulated. And then yeah. once things open, you know, spend it um, because it's yours and you've earned it and, and don't have to, um, you know, deal with you know, the IRS or people trying to come take it. I, I'd love to go um, check out Panama. That's the plan when things open up to go see all of uh, the Caribbean and um, other states. We love to travel here. And we love that you shared the game. I want people to go on Amazon. The links will be in the description box and get the book. Um, check out the book. It's a fun read. And, you know, I tell you, read a book a week and see how your life changes Gary, I thank you for um, coming on and we can take this off air. Thanks. Thanks for uh, having me. Really appreciate it. It's been a delight talking to you.